Hey. Well, hello there. Welcome uh, welcome to this week's edition of uh, Dink and Dunk. Is that what we decided it was going to be? I mean, I don't know. If, did we decide that? I feel like maybe like that could be like a, a another like assignment for these children as we could we could put out a uh, uh, a call for suggestions for the podcast name. And, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe the kids can vote on it or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I uh, I kind of thought that's where we were headed in the last episode, and um, clearly they were not um, they were not infatuated with the idea of of giving a name to our podcast. <laughs> well, I will create something in Google Classroom literally right now while we are talking that will be up um, uh, before the episode is done, um, where we will ask them. Uh, a, I'll, I'll literally do it right now. Um, let's see if I can do this. The question, what should the name of our podcast be? Um, let's see. Can so, you, yeah. Can you, ask, can you ask a second question with that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, that talks about whether or not we should edit it so it sounds professional. Because I, I thought the folksy down-home sound to the, well, well hi, I think we're recording. I thought that was a nice touch on our <laughs> uh, But I did spend time to figure out that I know how to edit and even potentially add some uh, songs or music to play. So, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, get a theme song going on, right? That'd be, that'd be great. But, but if they like the folksy down-home, here we are. It's true. Reason. Raw, unedited, unfiltered. Well, probably more filtered than than what we've been in the past at times. But yeah, for sure. All right, there we go. So we. So it is literally up right now. They will see the question before they get the, um, before they get the podcast. So there we go. All right. So uh, so it looks like we've decided these are going to come out every Friday. We've a weekly podcast coming out every Friday that will attempt to um, summarize what we've done throughout the week in our virtual classroom, as well as answer questions and what else? Kind of, kind of preview what, what the next week will look like as well. All right. So this is, this is our method of communication about all of these things and also an opportunity to think about stuff that matters and smart stuff. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you have this through the uh, the platform that we're using. I can go on it and see that that we had a bunch of people actually listen to our uh, to our uh, podcast last week. Yeah, I don't. I I tried to find that, but I I couldn't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. But you told me we had like 45 or so views or something like that. So all the way up to 56. 56. 56 people. Which God dang. I, I was pretty excited. I was like, wow, that is almost our entire class. Well, I listened to it 30 times. So that's that's part of it. And it I was did, so good. It, and I gave I gave the uh, the web address to a few kids that graduated. That okay. Know what was going on. But what it, who did you give it to? Uh, uh, Denise. Okay. So right. hopefully he'll pass it on to. But but that's, that's probably some of the, the 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 views as well. So or clicks or listens. I don't know. It's not really, you don't really view a podcast. But well, if you do, you're doing it wrong. But 
but but here's the deal you can look at the the analytics and the statistics of it and they give you a uh age breakdown oh of the age of the population that that's listening okay right because their whole goal here is to they want you to monetize it they want you to add um advertisements and let them advertise and do all that kind of stuff which i've i turned all those options off so we're not actually tracking anything or monitoring anything to make money off of this but yourself this (laughs) episode is brought to you by blue apron uh make meals at home or some crap like that (laughs) yeah i was gonna put a monopoly on it and say your your one-stop shop for all things wedding shards of glass and rev hop there you go there you go job done and and that was going to be the only advertisement allowed on our podcast (laughs) okay well maybe next week (laughs) sorry blue apron (laughs) you'll have to pedal your way somewhere else good luck in this economy yeah and well what here's and here's what i discovered only only about half of our listeners were uh age zero through 17 (laughs) so other people are Huh. How long did they listen for? It doesn't show, but I can't imagine it's very long. Uh, but and I wasn't sure if I should be be happy about that or be sad. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm so excited that almost everyone listened. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. You like everyone listened? Does it tell you where they listen from? Like, are we getting a bunch of like views from Iceland or something like that? Because uh, the only thing I can get is if it's on. Um, spotify or on the anchor platform itself okay which is about 50 50 and i think we only sent out the anchor podcast link so somebody has has stumbled across this on spotify and and probably thought to themselves this is this is what's wrong with the educational (laughs) dear god (laughs) we're trouble oh yeah (laughs) that's funny so uh, so how has a uh, parenting gone for you in the last uh, in the last? Oh, man, it's a uh, it's it's been a real crapshoot. Um, I have not been the best parent over the last couple of days because I've been trying to do some stuff with work, and my wife has been working these last couple of days. And I think when we go back to, you know, kind of Monday through Friday offering content and things of that nature, I think it's going to get real interesting. Uh, trying to figure out how to watch a five and three year old largely by myself. Um, not every day. Like there's some weeks that line up better than others, but it's gonna, it's gonna be just real, real, real interesting. Cause the, let's just say the iPad has been probably a better, uh, a more, um, uh, uh, present parent than, than what I have. So yeah, not great. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I feel like I need to put a disclaimer in with my son's elementary teacher to say, uh, listen, my son had to sacrifice his well-being for the uh, benefit of my 150 kids. So <laughs> sorry if you can't do any of your math problems. It, it is really, yeah. I'm I'm really glad that we uh, did Young Five with my oldest because uh, with Young Fives, you know, it's essentially like early kindergarten, so he automatically gets a do-over next year anyway. So. <laughs> Pressure's off there a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did have a moment where my youngest, Connor, had a little bit of a Brant Hoverdink moment. Um, and this was like, this was early this week. So forgive me if I'm if I'm short on the details. But essentially, he got he got really pissed off at something, mad at something, sorry. And um, he, uh, 
And his big thing right now is like when he gets mad, he goes, don't talk to me. Like he's, he's don't talk to me is, is his big thing. But he kind of took that like a step further. And he's like, why do so many people feel the need to talk to me right now? It was, was the question that he asked. He's like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to talk to any of these people. Only my friends can talk to me. And then I was like, well, who's your friend? And he's like, no one. <laughs> I was like, do I have like uh, a little two foot tall Brent Hoverdink standing in front of me right now? I wasn't sure. So that was pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll have to clue him in on what the rest of his professional life is going to look like. And, and how that's going to go for it. <laughs> I have to sit down. I will sit yep. down and chat with Connor. Here's, here's your early intervention, son. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, today we said uh, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, social distinctions. Uh, and the idea was to look at how the coronavirus and the, uh, the, uh, the pandemic sweeping across the world, uh, and specifically in the United States, has had an impact on social distinctions in America, uh, in the world. And this is really just to start to get our students about where we're headed with the French revolution and how sometimes these, these factors that change everything and, and society is forced to come to terms with, with what it really looks like. So, uh, are you seeing anywhere that, um, that the coronavirus and the, the results have started to tear down social distinctions? I mean, I think that's a that's a difficult question to answer. I mean, I, I think because it's 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 a little early, but I think the answer to that question right now that I'd be comfortable with is is in some ways yes and no, right? Like we have this idea that um, um, that there are you know um, that viruses don't discriminate. In, in a lot of ways, right? Like anyone can get sick. And we saw the prime minister of England get sick this last week and go into um, intensive care and stuff like that. But then you also read a lot of articles that talk about how um, these, the coronavirus deaths are, are hitting communities of color um, um, harder and poor communities harder because these people don't necessarily have the resources to shelter in place as much. Um, and so... I don't know. Like it's, it, it's kind of yes and no for me. Yeah. You, you hear about Las Vegas uh, painting on their sidewalks, six foot markers so that the uh, homeless population would make sure they social distance by six feet. Right. I give you some insight into um, there's still some pretty significant social differences that are out there. Right. You know, I, I thought it was interesting as I've watched the stock market um, up and down and, and, and plummet and then recover and I thought to myself, to some extent, there's 75, 80% of America that could care less what the stock market's doing and, and then had no impact on them whatsoever. That, uh, that another 15, 20, 25% of Americans were watching very carefully and, and it was their retirement savings or it was their, their nest egg or whatever right. else might be. And that in some ways, uh, the, the tables turned and, and those that were wealthier uh, stood to lose a little more than those that were poor. Yeah, we have twenty five hundred dollars less in our kids' college account uh, than what we had uh, the last statement that we got. So I forget how often we get statements like once a month or something like that. We had lost, I think, together twenty five hundred dollars. 
and I didn't even look at mine and I wouldn't let my, my wife looked and I wouldn't let her tell me. I was like, don't tell me. I don't even, I don't even want to know. <laughs> Just don't, don't tell me. So, um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's true. And, and I mean, I would put us solidly in that middle class, upper middle class of earners, probably on the cusp of that people, you know, who are more likely to be in the stock market and have mutual funds and stuff like that. So there is some pain there. Yeah. And, uh, and I read an interesting article too, about some of the, uh, the wealthier people in America that rely on, uh, a global supply chain mm. and that those that, uh, that rely on the global supply chain are having a, a huge impact. And typically those are larger businesses, uh, really ground some of their production to a halt. Whereas some of these smaller places, the, the mom and pop joints that don't rely on that kind of supply chain are actually finding it to have very little impact in some ways. So. Yeah. I mean, except probably I would imagine for the stay at home order, right? Like that would be, I mean, a lot of people have talked about how, you know, Whitmer has kept Home Depot open and Lowe's open and stuff like that. But, you know, some of these more mom and pop shops like aren't open. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting how it's not like it, it's, it's affecting different populations in different ways. It's just that all of those ways are mostly by and large negative unless you're Zoom or something like that, right? Or Amazon. And, and even Zoom, even, even Zoom and Amazon have, have faced their criticism. The F- FBI came out with some real warnings about the use utilization of Zoom for meetings and privacy. And... Yeah, I wonder how much longer we're going to be able to meet with students via Zoom. <laughs> I could see that not lasting however long we have left in school. What is it, six or eight weeks? Whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, I think it was the New York public school system outlawed the use of Zoom. I think it was New York. It was a, it was a large, uh, large uh, urban area school district. I don't remember which one it was. but Yeah. So, so I mean, so in some ways, I think to answer your question, like, I mean, I think like, and, and I kind of think back to, you know, this idea of, of the French revolution, which is like, you know, in, in a revolutionary time like that, probably everyone gets impacted, I mean, particularly the wealthy people back in the French revolution and stuff like that, but um, um, were impacted because they obviously were targets of the lower classes during the revolution and stuff like that. But um you know, everyone suffered to some degree because economic output, you know, in revolutions are lower than um, than what they could be. Right. So it impacts people differently. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I saw something, too, that was talking about, uh, you know, blue collar workers that are impacted by this. Those workers that just flat out can't work from home. Right. You know, a lot of jobs that are out there might not be ideal to work from home, but you can get something done. You can continue to be productive. But, you know, if I'm a if I'm a builder, if I'm a plumber, you know, there there's not a whole lot I'm going to be doing uh, from my house in terms of keeping my business or uh, whoever owns my business afloat, uh, which then negatively impacts the individual working or not working uh, that in some ways. You know, we've, we spent all of this time talking about increasing the manufacturing sector and adding people into the manufacturing world. And uh, something like this really causes you to at least take a deep breath to say, okay, and, and as we move to work from home, how is that going to look? What's that going to look like as far as job security? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you add to that this idea of the fact, so like there are, there are, there are workers in our economy who are 
you know, they're really vulnerable to these changes like gig economies, you know, people who essentially their, their job is like they drive an Uber or whatever, right? Like there's, there's, you know, not much help for them. I mean, they can uh, apply for unemployment now and stuff like that. Um, and, and those types of things are, you know, are a really important distinction. Like, and this is, I don't want to get too far in front of us, but like, as we start to talk about, um, cause one of the things we're going to ask you guys to do is to compare your learning in the French revolution and compare it to today. Don't forget about some of the social safety net things that we have in place, things like unemployment, things like, um, Medicare, things like social security that really are designed to keep people from the lowest, lowest rungs of poverty. Um, and cause that, that can be a thing that I think will play into as you guys are thinking about this, um, answers to this because it, it is really easy to sit here and say like the, the 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 poor are you know impacted differently than the rich like when you when when we originally uh started talking um you had talked about the fact that like people that uh wealthy people that rely on commerce you know are kind of in trouble but at the same time like as i was reading this um our little show notes that we have here. Um, I was looking up the Washington Post as daily updates, daily headlines. And the very first headline of the day yesterday was um, the Hamptons priciest mansion is rented for $2 million by a family uh, fleeing the virus. So this New York city family goes out to long Island. Those of you who read great Gatsby last year, this is like East egg and West egg, right? Like the really, really, really rich, rich homes. And this family like rented this, this place that I want to say like um, Justin Bieber had rented before and Beyonce had rented before. So this family was able to essentially escape the carnage and wait it out. Whereas, 17 other million Americans lost their jobs. And oh, by the way, in our country, usually when you lose your job, you lose your health insurance, right? So, um, and then you start to look at, even you extend that out and you look at like third world countries that are having a hard time even getting supplies in any way, shape or form. And you have the recipe for, yes, it's affecting everybody, but it's, it feels like it's affecting everyday people more than it is the rich and famous. Yeah, and you know, you think of uh, that plays into the educational system too. I thought it was really interesting. Over the last week, we kind of reached out to our uh, our different uh, people within our school to figure out who was capable of uh, virtual online learning experience. And uh, you know, I wouldn't consider us to be a wealthy uh, or affluent school district, but I don't I don't see us as being a a poverty stricken school district either. And yet, the no. people that aren't prepared or unable to offer virtual education at this time, you know, in some ways the, the rich get richer in the, in the field of education, those schools that were on the front lines of providing uh, online opportunities and had provided one-to-one type of uh, uh, device ratios for their people, you know, they were out in front of this and have a, a maybe seamless transition Whereas schools that have spent more time worrying about their, their kids being fed and clothed and uh, their basic needs being met, they're, they're going to have a harder time providing yeah. the last eight weeks of education. And right. that's a, it's a small, I don't think any of us really, I don't think either one of us really believe these eight weeks are going to make or break any child from an no. academic standpoint, uh, but certainly um, is uh, representative of a great problem, a greater challenge that exists in our society. Right. You start to like, 
add some of these things up, right? Like, and so how will people respond is really the interesting question. And this is the question that we're going to essentially be asking you to forecast a little bit. Uh, when I say you guys, I mean, um, integrated students, um, not other random people that are potentially <laughs> listening to this. Um, but we're, you know, we're going to ask you to say like, okay, so we'll, we'll like, if, if we can kind of note that this is the case that, um, people that, you know, in, you know, rural America right now doesn't have access to a whole lot of like, you know, um, medical infrastructure, right? I was reading about like the Gaylord Hospital or something like that up north that essentially has 20 ICU beds or 80 ICU beds, but only staffing for 20 of them. So if like more than 20 people get the virus and require, you know, intubation, they're going to be in huge trouble. Like how much will people accept this kind of the, the crap rolling downhill on them, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's going to be an, you know, you talked about the safety net, how important is that safety net in our society today that lets people believe that not all of their crap is going to fall down on them. Right. Right. We, we talked a little bit about the miseration thesis, this idea that people can be miserable um, for only so long before they start to revolt. Here in Michigan, we saw that just yesterday with uh, with Whitmer's extension of the stay at home orders. You know, yes. All of a sudden, we're we're demanded to stay at home until the end of April, and uh, without without fail, what hit social media later on that afternoon, but. All of the uh, recall Gretchen Whitmer votes and the change.org and every other social media platform saying we can't handle this anymore. We can't take it. And uh... right. I would say the first stay at home order was by and large generally embraced and accepted. Um, this one, especially because it's locking down even more. Um, like technically, you're not allowed to go visit each other in your homes in different houses anymore. I don't believe that's technically, I think that's actually the, the, the truth. Um, but um, yeah, I, I saw a lot more people that were, and, and I, I still think in my social media feed, not that that's scientific in any way, shape or form, I still felt the majority of people, while they didn't love it, they understood it and were by and large supportive. But I saw way more people that, like you said, resistant, questioning, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you just wonder how, how strong that resistance is going to become over the course of the next month. And if that's offset through government, uh, government, uh, benefits that might come our way, it'll be really interesting to see how that, that plays out here in Michigan. Right. And, and long-term as well. Right. Like, because this is going to be a thing that's going to stay with us long-term. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then at the same time, you're seeing uh, Gretchen Whitmer's name on a short list for potential vice president candidates. Yeah. Um, so, which, which is just going to make some of your blood boil when we talk about that. <laughs> and, it, and it speaks to the the um, the divide here in Michigan, from West Michigan yeah. to uh, you know the east side of the state. You know, not only does sure. in, in the east side of the state is feeling. Uh, obviously feeling the impact of the coronavirus a whole lot more and maybe the stay-at-home order would would sit easier with people if we all knew 10 people that were fighting for their life we all knew somebody that couldn't get on a ventilator because they had run out of them this is this is kind of what i've always said which is like okay so as the flatten the curve 
actions start to take effect and start to work, people are going to say, well, see, it's not as bad. And we overreacted and whatever. And so let's get back to it. But it's like, well, no, it's it's working because we're staying home. And so it, it, the, the catch 22 of this whole thing is that almost it's success. Uh, the, the success of these actions are almost it feels like in my mind are inevitably going to lead to its downfall because, you know, people won't understand why those things are necessary. So then our only hope is that the downfall comes far enough after we hit the peak that we're able to withstand maybe a small bump in the, in the cases again, but not a full out reinflammation of everything. Right. Yeah. That whole thing is, I, you don't want to talk to me about that right now. I'm pessimistic. So <laughs> I was just reading some really dark stuff before I got on this podcast. So we, you don't want to, you don't want to go down that road with me. What, what, what does this virus look like in the, in the weeks and months ahead? We'll just, we'll just, we, we can have a podcast, uh, a secondary podcast where, we just talk completely honestly about about those things, and and, and I can get super depressing. <laughs> well, the, the good news is that the students that have tuned in didn't uh, didn't click on our link and say to themselves, "No, this is going to be the sunshine and roses I needed today <laughs> to help me get through." So. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and, and I think a lot of this, the question becomes like, what is the aggregate change like? What, like, what is the change over time, right? Because you know, the the virus is, however it ends up shaking out, in in the in the grand scheme of things, will be a temporary concern. It's the impacts of it that will last a long time, and those impacts, whenever whenever you have an unhealthy system, and I would contend, and you all can feel free to disagree with me that we have an unhealthy system, and so when you have an unhealthy system stresses to that system lay bare the problems with it and i think that that's what we're going to be asking you to look at here is what are the problems or are there problems maybe some of you will think no things are right as right and this is exactly the way i want it and that's fine that's a that's a that's a perfectly fine perspective as long as you're you can back it up it, it does bring up shades of of the malthusian crisis and thomas malthus and uh and one approach to to things like pandemics uh, but no, I agree with what you uh, with what you said there. To to see coming out of this in five years, in ten years, uh, do we have a society that is more equal, uh, that is more equitable? Uh, and and I think that's the question we're really going to ask kids to wrestle with. Uh, yes, we look at the French Revolution as we give you an article uh, to look at some of these ideas to say, does this create a more equitable society in the long run? If so. You know, what 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 was the catalyst that allowed that to happen or does this double or do we double down and say, nope, this is the society we're in and uh, the rich are going to survive and prosper and, and the poor are just going to get ground into the dirt even more. So, right. I mean, essentially, essentially, this is a real this is an extension of <clears throat> this idea of will our society kind of decide that we're all in this together or is it every man for himself? Right. Because like. You've heard, although not nearly as much, and I know most of you guys weren't even, you know, alive for 9-11 anymore. Um, none of you guys were. Uh, but I remember there was a lot of like, we're in this together, we're in this together, we're in this together. You don't see that talk a lot with this. Um, in fact, I shared an article, Hav, with you that said, um, 
I think the title of it was we're not in this together or something like that. Um, and a lot of that is because we have such an independent mind and independent streak in, in the country and stuff like that. But what kind of society will we have coming out of this? Will people, will we essentially go, you know what, this isn't a great thing that people don't have sick leave because I need them to stay home when they're sick. So they don't get me sick or, this is a this is a thing that you know all of society needs it's a human right or whatever same thing with healthcare right like if we have all these people getting laid off like we talked about before you know and and you're by and large in this country your healthcare is tied to your employment well all those people just lost their healthcare are people going to kind of say well that's the free market and you know whatever or are they going to go hey wait a minute like you know i got screwed over by something that i couldn't even control we need to have a different form and a different system, whatever that ends up looking like. So, yeah. So uh, as we get ready to move into next week and our, uh, our return to virtual school and some level of expectations, do you want to uh, give them a little heads up on the, uh, the article that they're going to get on Monday? Yeah. So you're, you are going to give them a recording on Monday as well about uh, some social impacts of the French revolution. Is that right? Uh, social causation of the revolution. Social causation. If, they, uh, if they've been doing stuff over the last few weeks, they've already seen it. I'll probably do a secondary one that goes into um, kind of a quick summary of it. But ultimately, if they haven't looked at it and most of them haven't, uh, they're going to want to spend 20, 25 minutes on, on that uh, real quick screencast. Okay. Um, then what we have is, um, so that'll kind of give you, so, so that in addition to kind of everything else we've covered in the French revolution over the next couple of weeks, we're going to, um, we're going to ask you uh, eventually the, the goal is in two weeks to have you kind of do, um, a response where you take an article that we're going to give you. It's, it's, um, this article, it's by a guy named, um, Nick Hanauer and he's a Seattle based entrepreneur he was in early on the whole Amazon thing. He's a multi-billionaire, and um, he writes this article in 2014 that says the pitchforks are coming for us plutocrats. And so he, like in this article, he's going to kind of make a plea to his fellow fellow wealthy people that if they don't do something to address income inequality, that eventually you know society will destabilize, and that's going to be bad news for them. Um, and so it's almost like in their best interest, they need to make sure that the needs of people are taken care of and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so what we're going to eventually end up having you do is kind of combine the ideas of that article. And you don't have to agree with the article. You can feel free to disagree with it. And we've kind of given you some fodder to both agree and disagree. I, I feel like in this podcast, uh, pretty well, um, but you can what we're going to ask you to do next week is read the article and then just give us your thoughts. What did you agree with? What did you disagree with? What questions do you have? And then as we wrap up the French Revolution the week after, we're going to ask for some kind of a little bit lengthier, probably a page or so double spaced where you um, basically, you know, say essentially what you'll do is um, answer the question are we kind of headed to a, a similar, I don't want to say fate as the French revolution, but, but is that the road that we're kind of headed down right now? Or do you not see it that way? Do you think it, there's, there's some key differences? Good. So they're going to have a chance to respond to each other, ask some questions on the uh, Google classroom. Yes. And uh, we'll get them all of the prompts and the specific wording of it. And they'll, uh, 
Yeah. By this time next week, they'll have a pretty good idea of kind of where they should be headed with some of their thoughts. Yeah. So for next week, all you're going to have to do is is um, listen to Hobbs' recording, read the article, and then just a brief initial. Here's what I agreed with. Here's what I disagreed with. Here's some questions that I have, and those questions could be clarifying questions. They could be questions that you know probe our understanding, probe our thoughts, our opinions on it, stuff like that. Um, just ask an intelligent question is what we're going to ask you to do. That's all for next week, and then the the little bit more lengthier, kind of more um, uh, polished and developed response will come the week after that. Good. And, and to be clear, our podcast next week is going to reference some of their questions is going to give voice to some of their thoughts as well as at yes. uh, some other sources and ideas that we will share with them. Right. So we, um, so one of the things we're going to ask that you, most of your work for the week is going to be due, um, Thursday. And so what that will do is give us a chance to read through it before we record the podcast. And then you, yes, you might make it on an episode of Dink and Dunk or whatever the heck we call it um, by this time next week. And and we do have the capacity to invite them to join us. And if, oh, if, 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 we all, if this all goes well and we have some interest, I would I would love to get a student or two that was willing to jump on and, and be part of our discussion for at least one uh, episode at some point in the future. That'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. So, all right. Well, all right. That brings us to a close for today. So, uh, have yourselves a great weekend. Uh, oh, wait, I want to give them my recommendation. Oh, uh, that's right. You have a recommendation. My weekly recommendation. So we want to end each podcast with a weekly recommendation for you. Just something that um, we'll get your mind off of school and the difficult times that we live in, but might also on some level be um, a something smart, something kind of intellectual. And so I have a suggestion for you this week that my suggestion is the movie Knives Out. Um, knives is in like the stabby instrument that you, you know, use to stab other people. Knives Out. It's directed by Ryan Johnson, who's the guy that did The Last Jedi. And essentially what it is is a, it's, a, it's a really, really, really smart murder mystery. This, um, it's about this elderly, um, uh, he's actually a mystery writer, and he's got this like weird, quirky mansion and stuff like that. And um, he winds up dead under suspicious circumstances. But the only people that were in the house at the time of his murder were all of his family, his kids and his grandkids and stuff like that. And so they become kind of the um, they become the uh, the the primary suspects. It's got Daniel Craig in it and it's got, um, you know, a bunch of just a real interesting cast of characters. Um, so, um, I really enjoyed it. It was one of those movies where like, I did not see the end coming and it was just, it was really, 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 really good. Um, it is, um, rated PG 13. So you can watch it with your parents too. Look at me not, uh, suggest something that's rated R. I just checked that. So that's my recommendation. Knives out. You should all watch it. It's a good time. All right. I gotta say, I, uh, I look forward to your weekly recommendations more than I ever looked forward to your uh, useless facts. Of, <laughs> right? Of like, I think you can watch Knives Out. You would like it, Hob. You would, you, it, it's a smart movie. Um, it's got Chris Evans in it, Captain America and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, watch Knives Out. And if you want to, comment uh, in classroom. Uh, if you watch Knives Out, um, let me know. And let me know what you thought of it. So, All right, people. Thank you.
for uh, listening to most of this or all of this. And uh, we will uh, meet up with you again on Friday. In the meantime, if you have questions, uh, shoot them to us in our email. If you need stuff, uh, don't hesitate to ask. Uh, we want to be here for you and all that, that you need. Yep. Have a great rest of your spring break if you listen to this before spring break is done. <laughs> all right. Peace out.